Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us today on the show. We're going to talk just a little about the Ag PhD Field Day coming up. We're also going to get to your questions in the Ag PhD mailbag. A lot of agronomy things still happening around the country and around the world. So we want to talk about some of those today. If you've got any questions for us or if there's anything happening on your farm you'd like to talk about, just give us a call here, 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. You could also email us, radio at agphd.com, or send us a note on Twitter, agphdmedia, Darren Hefty or Brian Hefty. So I've had a few questions about the field day coming up on Thursday. People saying, oh, it looks like it's going to be hot. Look, we we do all our plot tour stuff uh, by 10.30 in the morning, so it's not too hot at 10.30 in the morning. And then after that, we have air-conditioned tents, air-conditioned buildings, so you can be inside enjoying a little air conditioning. And they're talking uh, just a slight chance of rain in the afternoon, which I like, because that usually means clouds, and it's also supposed to be a nice, there's supposed to be a nice breeze. So anyway, should be a lot of fun at the Ag PhD Field Day on Thursday. I cannot believe how much equipment we've got in now. We have, we're, we do so many research plots. We get a lot of fun things to show you. And I mean, everybody's always looking for how do I get ahead going into the next crop year? What things should I try? What things shouldn't I try? Well, we'll show you some of the good and the bad at the Ag PhD Field Day out in the field. We also have a live ride and drive area. So if you want to check out any of this new equipment, we also have drones and unmanned vehicles and stuff like that. It's really cool. Some stuff you're not going to see other places. We have a lot of great guest speakers lined up for you to hear. Uh, Everything from estate planning, grain marketing, drainage law, a lot of fantastic high-yield farmers coming in to talk to you about how they're successful in their operations. We also have Molly B and her polka band. We got a kids area and an air show from the Vanguard Squadron. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Again, it's Thursday, July 27th, right here on our farm near Baltic, South Dakota. So we're, we're just north of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And by the way, if you want to fly in even last minute, I'm sure you can. Sioux Falls Airport's just 10 minutes away. Just go to agphd.com if you'd like to learn more about this free event we host each year just to say thank you to you for listening to us here on Ag PhD Radio. Right now, let's get to the Ag PhD Mailbag. It's now mailbag time with Brian and Darren. All right, Brian, I want to make sure I get this one right. This one comes from Kyle. He said, what would be the best burn-down application for no-till alfalfa into grass? So does that mean he's burning down the grass going into alfalfa or burning down the so. alfalfa going into grass? If I'm if I'm planting grass into an alfalfa field, I'm not too worried because I can smoke alfalfa, lots of different well, things can. in grass. Yes. Okay, let's talk about it both ways because I, I think it's kind of an interesting question each way. So first of all, I assume he wants to no-till seed alfalfa into grass. My recommendation is don't do it. You're going to miss out on the very best herbicide, hands down. There's no question about it, Eptam. If you don't do Eptam pre-emerge, well, let's put it this way. Take a little piece of what you're going to plant, and you do it however you want. Best, greatest burn-down thing in the world. And you compare that to Eptam where you've tilled it in. The Eptam's going to win every single time, and it's not even close. So use Eptam, use it at the full rate, incorporate it immediately once you apply it. 
Now, if you say, all right, well, I absolutely don't want to do that. I just want to no-till my alfalfa. I have grass that's out there. Just use the Roundup to kill the grass. No big deal. Obviously, if it's Roundup-ready alfalfa, then you can go with Roundup later. But even if there is a little bit of grass that gets in your alfalfa, uh, this summer, later this fall or next spring, whatever, you can use clethodim or some other grass killer. So I'm not that worried about grass. Our biggest concern in alfalfa is broadleaves because we only have three products we can use. Raptor, or I mean, you can say Pursuit, so they're virtually identical, but they're ALS. Okay, so you're not going to kill ALS-resistant water hemp, kochia, ragweed, whatever's ALS-resistant on your farm. Choice number two, buckchill. And buckchill is a fine herbicide on cockleburr, sunflower, lamb's quarters, things like that. It's just not great on a lot of other weeds. And then you got butyrac that you only should use at an ounce or two. That's 2,4-DB. If you could use it at the high rate, it'd kill a lot of stuff. But at an ounce or two, it's not going to kill much. So most people throw it in with their raptor or buckchill just to help out. It's going to give you leaf burn on the alfalfa. So basically, I'm saying you got... Um, three very limited choices for broadleaf control and alfalfa. That's why you need the Eptam Pre. There's nothing else you can really use that's super safe for the alfalfa uh, that you can go with with pre-emerge. So that's about all you got. Now, let's flip it around. Let's say you wanted to kill your alfalfa and you were going into grass. Like Darren said, oh, there are pl plenty of ways to do that. And it's really no big deal if there are a few broadleaves or alfalfa volunteers coming later in your grass because you can just go keep hitting them with distinct Banville or Dicamba, 2,4-D, Tordon, I mean, all kinds of okay, stuff. Okay, well, here's the problem, though, Brian, and I, I see too many folks do this. They use a high rate of 2,4-D to kill alfalfa, That's, which it doesn't yep. completely kill the alfalfa, right. and then some of that 2,4-D is still out there, and they're trying That's to the seed problem. new grass, yes. and they can ding that grass up and Absolutely. not get a good stand. And that's that's where I was going with all this, is when you start talking pre-emerge, everybody's going to bring up the Camba or 2,4-D or something like that. I'm not a fan, because you can't seed the grass then for a month, or at least two weeks, if you want to be on the safe side. So what I'd rather do is, hopefully it's not Roundup-resistant alfalfa, if it is, then you're kind of in trouble in my book. But otherwise, just go out there with Roundup at a high rate. Use the highest labeled rate on Roundup. That's going to kill all your alfalfa. It'll be just fine. But if it is Roundup-ready alfalfa, um, I don't really honestly know what you're going to use that would be safe to immediately plant grass. So if it's me, I'd probably go out there with something like Distinct and burn it back if it's Roundup-ready or Roundup-resistant alfalfa, and then I would come along maybe two to four weeks later and seed the grass. And if you don't kill it off completely now, you can kill volunteer alfalfa popping up in grass next season, so not a huge deal. Hey, thanks for the question, though. We do appreciate that. We're going to talk a little about the Ag PhD field day today, give you a little preview of some of the things you're going to see. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Corn rootworms are called the billion-dollar bug for a reason. If you don't control the adult populations now, their offspring will cost you later. Stewart EC Insecticide from FMC offers a unique mode of action that delivers fast and long-lasting residual control of corn rootworm beetles and other tough insects. Choose Stewart EC Insecticide from FMC. Always read and follow label directions and precautions for use. When it comes to cereal disease protection, 
Prosaro Pro 400 SC fungicide from Bayer makes all the difference. With three effective active ingredients for overlapping control of foliar and head diseases and a flexible application window for head scab, it's formulated to lower dawn, protect yield potential, and promote superior grain quality. Prosaro Pro, the future of plant health starts here. Visit prosaropro.com to learn more. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. There's an innovative new soybean herbicide on the market that's helping close the door on weed resistance and open new doors to productivity. Preview 2.1 SC herbicide from UPL is a multi-mode of action pre-emergent that controls the most resistant broadleaf weeds at the beginning of the season and continues to control later weeds with strong residual activity. Ask your retailer about Preview 2.1 herbicide from UPL and always read and follow label directions. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. Get more points with the end zone from Farm Shop MFG. In a 20,000 bushel bin full of corn, gaining three points of moisture adds the equivalent of 1,000 bushels to your bottom line. Call 712-520-6051. It's Ag PhD Field Day week. If you're thinking about coming to the Ag PhD Field Day, just visit our website, agphd.com. We encourage you to pre-register there. You can find a map so you know how to get here if you haven't been here before. And you can see the agenda for the day and kind of start planning out exactly who you want to see and who you want to listen to and that kind of thing and what, what different items you want to see at the field day. We're going to talk about some of the things that may get your attention here today. We're going to talk to some of the people that will be at the field day and see what's new and different and interesting in their areas of the field day. We'll start off with Dave Sender with Environmental Tillage Systems. We get a lot of questions about strip till and how do we do it. Well, these are the guys we work with. Dave, how are you doing? Good. How are you guys doing today? We're doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. It's a little warm out there, but we're mostly set for field day. It's amazing. We've got I think the tents are all up and a lot of even a lot of the signage and everything's up and yeah we're we're just ahead of the game so I feel good about that. How how about you guys? How are you doing this summer? Good. Very very well. It's been uh it's been a busy spring. It's been a busy summer so far. Um as uh as this time of year comes, we we're we're getting into full swing with with shows and field events uh and whatnot. So I know we've probably already got a few guys out there getting some machines ready. Today, um, I myself, along with a, a good chunk of the team, will be out there uh, tomorrow to, to kind of finish setting up and, and look forward to meeting with everyone on, on Thursday. So, excellent. Uh, looking forward to it. So, what does the environmental tillage systems have that's new for this year, or what are you going to be highlighting at field day? So, uh, we'll be doing a, a field demos as we have in the past. Um, we will be featuring some of our, our newer uh, components on, I should say options, I guess, on, on some of the machines we have. We've been making some um, some pretty neat uh, options, improvements, I guess you could say, that I think makes uh, the uh, strip till a little more user-friendly and, and gives you some more, I guess for lack of better terms, gadgets, but some pretty neat tools that... Uh, that growers can use as they're as they're getting into strip till, or maybe even long-term strip tillers. We've had a uh, number of customers every year that uh, 
you know, they might trade in their old machine and, and want to take advantage of some of the new technology that, uh, that we uh, continue, to, continue to release. Well, there's so many different things you can do with those machines. Uh, fertility placement is one that's a big deal for us. But just being able to do all those jobs at the same time with one pass and prepare that seed bed, it's pretty impressive. And having the field demo area here is a nice way to showcase that. Absolutely. Um, and that, that really, as, as, as time rolls on and the years roll by, if you will, it that becomes such a more more and more common theme. Uh, I was out at Wisconsin Farm Tech Days last week, had a had a great show out there, but uh, that was really kind of the, the the common theme of of the efficiency and getting getting everything ready in a single pass. Uh, I think growers are really realizing that um, they can really maximize uh, their their return on investment um, and and their other resources, human resources, equipment, etc. Uh, the quicker they can get get in and out of the field and uh, and have a nice plantable seed bed. So definitely a lot of a lot of growers starting to really realize the importance and the value in that. You know, field days like this are a valuable place to take a look at different machines and see, wow, uh, this one looks much heavier built and much more durable than some of the others. I know that was one of the first things that, that we saw with the Soil Warrior machine. We're like, man, this thing is built like a, a, I don't know, it's tremendous, and we just haven't had problems. What do you see? What impresses growers when they see your machines in the field? Yeah, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head. It's just one of those things that uh, I guess we've always been kind of known as being, uh, you know, the toughest in the, in the industry. Um, you know, frankly, we were talking about this here not too long ago. The first machine that, that we've ever built is still running. So we kind of laughed, um, but it's, it's, uh, really, I guess a testament to how we've done things that, uh, you know, sometimes growers will say, well, geez, you know, we're spending the money on this machine. How long is it going to last? And and we can honestly say we don't know because the first machine we've ever built is still running today. Um, so we we truly don't know. <laughs> it's still running. Um, but I think that with the way equipment has is, is gotten and continuing to go as far as Prices continue to rise, and there's a lot of factors that, you know, are out of all of our control, uh, unfortunately. But, you know, it is nice to know that if you spend that money, um, it's going to be a piece of equipment that's going to last a, a very, very long time that, um, you know, it's just not something you're going to have to replace in, in a few years and go out and spend that money all over again. Well, the cool thing is this week on Thursday at the Ag PhD Field Day, you can see exactly what our friend Dave Sender here is talking about uh, with the machines from Environmental Tillage Systems. Dave, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Look forward to seeing you here in a couple days. Yep, we'll see you Thursday. Thank you. You bet. We've got Dennis Riley with us right now with AMVAC. And Dennis, I have the advantage here. I just walked through the AMVAC plots at the Ag PhD field day, and there is going to be a lot to see there. you got a lot of stuff out there. Yeah, I uh, I hear we have a lot up there. So uh, I'm glad you had an opportunity to walk through that. We're excited about the opportunity to be there and uh, showcase some of our products come Thursday. Well, and, and a lot of times I'll talk to folks about AMVAC and they'll say, okay, yeah, those guys do a lot of stuff with corn. No, it's not just corn. There's soybeans, there's wheat, there's other things out there for, for growers to see, and including this impasse system. And that's one that I know we've had at the field day before, but it always gets a lot of attention. What What's going on with Simpass? 
You know, Simpass has been around a while now as far as, you know, we started working with that probably, you know, eight to ten years ago and put it in development. Uh, we brought it to the field commercially, you know, around two years ago, uh, and we've had quite a bit of success with that. Uh, we continue to get more units in the field every year. Uh, and, and we were actually in, in a situation now where we're going to add a few more people to our SimPass team to uh, help us get more exposure out there in the marketplace and, uh, you know, kind of take it from there. But uh, we're excited about the future of, of SimPass and Precision Ag and being able to do some things with the planter that, uh, you know, haven't been able to do here and uh, until this came along. So we're pretty excited about it. Yeah, a lot of folks familiar with the the insecticides that you've got with AMVAC, but a big showing here with some of the natural or biological type products too. Yeah, let's, we can talk about that. I uh, AMVAC, you know, if you look at our business as a whole, it's, really, it's kind of broken out into three pillars, and in our core business, which would be you know herbicides or insecticides or soil fumigants, by far that's the lion's share of our business today, but SimPass is coming on, and uh, we're doing well with that. With in, in that, with that particular, you know, part of our business, and then um, in 2020, we bought a company called Agreenos, and they, you know, they were a biological company, and so uh, we bought them in the fall of 20. So in 2021, we started what we call our Green Solutions Division, which would basically be our biological division. Um, and, and we were marketing a couple products that uh, that we acquired when we uh, purchased the Greenos. One was Be Sure, another one was Invigorate. Uh, and then this past year, uh, we brought on a, a couple more products. Uh, one, you know, BioWake for corn and then BioWake for beans. And then we have some other things in the pipeline, potentially for corn rootworms that we're looking at. But, you know, the biological segment, from everything I read and the people I talk to, you know, it's a fastest growing segment right now in the U.S. Ag, and uh, you know a lot of awareness out there. A lot of different companies are participating in it, and uh, so we've added that to our portfolio. And uh, you know we're going we're going to make a run at it, and so far so good. It's it's been growing. In fact, uh, you know our business practically doubled. You know from 22 to 23. So we feel good about where we are and and uh, where we're headed, and uh, you know we're looking forward to working with like companies like Hefties and. And you guys have your naturals division, and, and uh, so you guys definitely see the importance of those products as well and, and that technology and what it can do to uh, you know, help our producers make more more yield and uh, get it in, in the form of an ROI that makes sense. So yeah, we're excited about Green Solutions and what we can do. Well, it's, it's pretty exciting to see things like BioWake helping enhance iron uptake and manganese uptake. And we get so many questions around micronutrients. There's just going to be a ton of stuff to talk about in AMVAX area, so we encourage you to visit that. It's going to be right on the west end of the field day plot segment, right next to the field demos, too. So I know it's going to get some heavy traffic through that area. Dennis, thank you so much. Really appreciate the support. Look forward to seeing you as well. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. What does it really mean to provide the best crop nutrition? With AgroLiquid, you're getting a one-of-a-kind approach, one that caters to your specific agronomic needs. You're getting a crop nutrition plan that maximizes your fertilizer applications from every drop, all while accounting for your management practices and the products you're already using. But it's not just a product. It's peace of mind, knowing we've thought of everything. That's the AgroLiquid way. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. 
Are you ready? We got the need! The need for seed treatment! Start your engines! Ready, set, Intego! Start your season strong with Intego Sweet Soybeans, Intego Fungicide Soybeans, and Intego Sweet Cereals OF from Valent USA. Ask your Valent rep about seed treatment solutions or visit valent.com slash Intego. Always read and follow label instructions. You won't want to miss this year's Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we open up our farm to you so you can learn more ways to improve your farm. And the Ag PhD Field Day just keeps getting bigger and better. This year, we're featuring guided tours of our extensive research plots, world premieres of the latest ag technologies, numerous panels of the highest yielding farmers on the planet, and more equipment running in our demo area than we've ever had before. We'll also have great family entertainment, including a kids area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and food and drinks available all throughout the day. But the best part is everything is free. We know that you're busy and your time is valuable. That's why we do everything we can to make sure the Ag PhD Field Day is a very worthwhile investment of your time. So please go to agphd.com to learn more and be sure to register to join us at this year's Ag PhD Field Day, Thursday, July 27th. The hard-working, independent spirit of rural America can often be isolating. It's not often discussed, but mental health issues are real. Now's the time to lead by example, talk openly, and show that a strong mind is just as important as a strong body. FMC is proud to be working toward ending the misconceptions around mental health. Through awareness, guidance, and action, together we can uproot the stigma. Insects have reigned since the dawn of time. Adapted to their surroundings, experienced the harshest climates and toughest challenges until now. With two modes of action, Ridgeback Insecticide delivers one devastating outcome for soybean aphids. Extinction from your fields. They may have lived through it all, but they won't survive this. End soybean aphids reign at ridgeback.corteva.us. listening to Ag PhD Radio. We are broadcasting from inside the Morton studio, but we will be outside at the Ag PhD Field Day coming up on Thursday. So just a couple days away here. Really excited about that. And we're giving you a little field day preview today. Our phone lines are open. I should mention that during the show at 844-44-AG-PHD. If you have questions about anything agronomically or uh, anything about field day, we'd be happy to take those questions you can also email us radio at agphd.com we'll dive back into some of those mailbag questions here in just a little bit but we'll start off with nick becker he's with sound ag nick thanks for joining us yeah thanks for having me you know it's fun uh to see all the all the different people that come through at the ag phd field day from all over and man are they going to have some questions for you and just trying to learn more about what's going on in in this market with source and other products uh what are you looking forward to and what are you going to showcase at our field day yeah well we're excited to be at the egg phd field day again this year our team is going to come out with more information about our product source which is a leading soil activator that lightens your synthetic fertilizer load and gives you a more cost effective 
um, access to nitri nitrogen, phosphorus, and micronutrients by stimulating the microbes that are existing in your soils. I know you're going to get a lot of questions about your research, and that's one thing that's cool about SoundAg and what you guys are doing is just trying to gather all the research data and all the trials. It's it's a lot of work to get all that done. How's that going this summer? Um, we're the summer's going good. We're seeing um, you know amazing results right now with increased root mass, thicker stalks, greener plants. Um, starting to see some data come in from various crops more uh in the south at the moment but the visual differences have been incredible so far yeah that's one of the things that I, when i talk to growers about some of these natural type solutions it's well am i going to see something on the plant and one of the biggest things that i will say about source is hey you need to do some digging you need to do some side-by-side -side comparisons here and see from one plant to the next and, and that root mass thing is probably the number one comment that i've got that they've seen a difference in root mass is that what's hap what's helping bring in more nutrients is that why you're seeing that difference yeah um you know you get a thicker root mass or a bigger root mass and more stocks it gives you you know, access to more uptake of nutrients. And so those microbes in the soil can optimize the nutrient uptake and provide more access to nutrients longer throughout the season. And so it is a chemistry which makes it super easy to apply and it's available for corn, wheat, cotton, alfalfa, and hay. So um, it's, it's easy to apply on a mix of crops and it does provide more nutrients throughout the season by stimulating those microbes. You know, that's another thing too, to, to point out, I, there are a lot of farmers that say, well, what crops are going to be highlighted? And we say, well, wow, anything from pasture to about any crop you can imagine. And you've got products uh, like source that we're talking about here that can be used in a bunch of different ways, a bunch of different crops. And you mentioned uh, all over the country here too. It's one of the things about being up north that we like. We get data from places south of us earlier in the season so we can start to see, okay, how's it working? How's it working? What can we expect up here? Where do you expect to see your biggest gain this year, Nick? Certain crop well, or a certain area? Yeah, so it's interesting in that a lot of the um, um, the forage and, and silage is really coming back at pretty pretty crazy ROIs as far as building up that biomass, um, still are holding pretty good on the grains. Um, when we talk about using um, nutrients more efficiently, maybe we look at pulling back some N and some P in order to get that ROI play, but um, it's very unique based on the operation. And so if you wanna learn more, come by, stop at the booth, talk to the team, they can help uh, with your strategy and even lock in the best prices for the 2024 season. Yeah, there's a lot to see at the Ag PhD field there. We're talking with Nick Becker here with Sound Ag. Make sure you stop in, see the folks from Sound Ag, and talk to them a little bit about Source. Hey, Nick, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you here. Hey, yeah, thanks a lot for the time. We've got Franz Reimers on with us right now with Klaus. How you doing, Franz? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? Well, I'm not doing quite as well as you are because, my goodness, in your area, you've got new, exciting product premieres coming out. Uh, what are growers going to see? Can you let the cat out of the bag here a little bit about the field day? Yeah, I suppose I can, yeah. So we have some exciting new products added to our lineup uh, this year on the tractor side. So we're displaying that at your PhD uh, show tomorrow. Um, 
or at least on Thursday. And then, uh, yeah, we've launched it globally already uh, last week. Um, so uh, that product line that has been added is a new high horsepower uh, addition to our existing Xerion lines. So two models in that, as well as a uh, below our current offering, we had um, Arion line, which runs from a um, 165 to 205 horsepower now. Yeah, it's it's kind of fun to see the equipment, and I would I just was over at the field day here a little bit ago, and I already saw a lot of our people that are getting things set up and helping with that. They were hanging out around some of your equipment, Franz. So they're like, "Wait a second, wow, we got we got more options here." It's really fun to see that, and then then to compare them to what the other guys have out there, so you can see, "Wow, look what this adds." Yeah, for sure, they're exciting new machines, and uh, you know the, the twelve series Zerion that is added. At 180, uh, sorry, 585 horse uh, and another model of a 650 horse are some seriously impressive machines in size. Uh, along with the Arions that I mentioned earlier, the Arion line is a great all-rounder for uh, most North American farms to use with loader work, transport, you name it, anything around the farm is what it's uh, meant to do with CVT and all the comfort built into it. I know you've got other equipment there too. I don't want to steal everything here and talk about tractors. Uh, and, and certainly Klaus has lots going on. What do you want to show farmers and what do you want them to take away uh, when they come visit you at the field day? Yeah, so good question. So Klaus is set up for uh, efficiency, not uh, only on tractors, but across the whole range of harvesting equipment, whether it's a combine, a forage harvester, or any of our balers and hay tools they are all built with efficiency in mind so uh, we can give a better return of investment uh, to our clients our end users of course um, and give a better uptime uh, throughout the operation of the machines themselves that is a key factor with our uh, class motto uh, what we strive to our research and development uh, percentage of expense is very high because we want to be a leader with new, more efficient technology um, in the marketplace. And that's exactly what we offer in the end with the products that we come to market with. Well, you get a prime spot at our field day right next to the Morton Center. So I know a lot of folks who have been here for meetings or field days in the past. Uh, Klaus is right next to the Morton Center. So it's going to be a lot of traffic heading through the area. And when you talk about efficiency, I think that's with every piece of equipment you've got out there. And, and I've just talked to a few of the guys already. That seems to be the catch word that they've got is, wow, look what we did here. And look at how that's going to improve efficiency for you on the farm. Yeah, for sure. So we do it on all fronts, uh, on the technology side, on board, you know, with the physical components from the CVT transmission working seamlessly together with the engine at a much lower engine RPM point uh, to get the horsepower out of the, uh, the tractor yet keep the fuel efficiency down all the way through to ergonomics within the cab of the tractors as well as the harvesting equipment with a CMO system, a fully automated or semi-automatic um, setting system that uh, either suggests or makes the changes for you um, to optimize the machine itself. So therefore you don't need to be an expert to operate our equipment. Um, it will tell you what better settings are available for you to choose from. And then you either have to adjust it or just simply say yes to it. And off she goes readjusting uh, the machine. So that those systems are really not only, like I said, for the efficiency on the direct cost side but also for your labor force to be able to uh, keep them comfortable um, and yet 
um, have as big a pool to be able to operate them as possibly available to you. Well, lots of new things to see this year at the Ag PhD Field Day, and we sure thank the folks at Kloss for bringing the new Zerian 12 Series out there. It's it's going to be fun climbing around that thing and, and just seeing everybody get excited about something new and advanced in the industry. Uh, I've been talking here with Franz Reimers. Franz, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Look forward to seeing you here on Thursday as well. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Ag PhD Radio. Morton Buildings has served the American farmer for more than 120 years. From manufacturing our own building components to constructing your building, Morton takes pride in being the industry leader in post-frame construction by providing a quality building and exceptional customer service. A Morton is built to last for generations. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. Get uniform control in your fields with trusted, hardworking Lucento fungicide. Control the toughest diseases with a dual mode of action fungicide that consistently outperforms the competition and field trials. Lucento fungicide from FMC works overtime for lasting control to help improve crop yields. Talk about getting the job done. Visit your FMC retailer or lucento.ag.fmc.com for hardworking control in your fields. Always read and follow all legal directions. You won't want to miss this year's Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we open up our farm to you so you can learn more ways to improve your farm. And the Ag PhD Field Day just keeps getting bigger and better. This year, we're featuring guided tours of our extensive research plots, world premieres of the latest ag technologies, numerous panels of the highest yielding farmers on the planet, and more equipment running in our demo area than we've ever had before. We'll also have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and food and drinks available all throughout the day. But the best part is everything is free. We know that you're busy and your time is valuable. That's why we do everything we can to make sure the Ag PhD Field Day is a very worthwhile investment of your time. So please, go to agphd.com to learn more, and be sure to register to join us at this year's Ag PhD Field Day, Thursday, July 27th. The success of next year's harvest begins with this year's harvest. Hi, Greg Souter from 360 Yield Center. 360 chain roll is a simple replacement stalk roll for your corn head. Chain roll doubles the rate of stalk breakdown. It crimps and cuts tough stalks to boost microbial activity and speed breakdown. And compared to chopping heads, it reduces emergence issues in next spring's crop. See 360 chain roll in action at 360yieldcenter.com. Growing up on the farm, I woke up as early as mom and dad. I put as many hours on the tractor, changed as many teeth on the tiller as my brothers. It doesn't matter if you're young or old, man or woman. When there's work to be done, you put your boots on and you do it. I do that on my farm and in my job at Case IH. My name is Kelsey, I'm a farmer, and I work for Case IH. Case IH, built by farmers. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. 
We're talking about the Ag PhD Field Day a little bit because that's coming up on Thursday. So we're giving a little preview of what you're going to see at the show and just some of the new things. Brian, I, I just opened up our book for Field Day and looking at all the product premieres, there are just tons of them across the field. Everybody's got new stuff, exciting stuff, more technology for next year. And this is the first place to see many of those things. So we're pretty excited about that. One of the things that I'm going to be talking about on Thursday, so I've got a little half-hour session early in the afternoon, under a tent, don't worry, the breeze will keep you cool. But anyway, I was just going to say it's about ag myths. There are a lot of people that misunderstand agriculture, and then there are also a lot of people that just tell flat-out lies. For example, oh, we're finding all kinds of glyphosate in rainwater. No, we're not. And here, here's the thing. You hear stuff like this all the time. Like, oh, there's cereals that have all this glyphosate in it. No, there aren't. So when you hear nonsense like that, just test stuff yourself. Go buy some cereal. Send it in for analysis. Uh, or like us, you can sample rainwater. Send it in for analysis. And we, we just had a sample. We just got the results today. Tested for parts per billion, not detected, of glyphosate. Well, of course it's not detected. Glyphosate isn't getting in the rainwater. How's it going to get in the rainwater? That doesn't even make sense. Once Roundup hits the soil, it's done. So anyway, uh, just it, it's a lot of stuff like that that's just very frustrating. And granted, I I mean, I honestly don't care. If, if we can't farm with certain herbicides in the future, whatever, we'll make do. We're still going to be okay. But just a, a lot of people don't get it that, okay, if you ban most of the herbicides out there, that means your food costs are going up. That's a promise. So we are only able to raise the crops we are because of modern farming technologies that are proven safe. And when you're going to tell lies about perfectly safe things, then you get people all worked up and it's just, it's ridiculous. And what that ends up doing is giving a lot of bad press to agriculture when agriculture doesn't deserve it. Farmers work hard and do a great job and the food is safe. Look at the, look at our food in the United States and Canada. It's the safest of anywhere in the world. And same thing with our water supply. It's amazing. So anyway, I just get really frustrated by that. So if you want to hear about some other ag myths, and we'll talk about how to dispel some of those myths yourself, then join me at the Ag PhD Field Day for one of my afternoon sessions. In the morning, we're going through our plots, and we got we got a lot of things for you. Free food throughout the day, too, and uh, lots of cold drinks. All right, let's get back to the Ag PhD mailbag. Darren, you got a few more over there. All right, Brian. Uh Got some tissue samples and some soil samples here. Oh, and you wanted to do that first. Okay. Yeah. And we'll knock it out here. <laughs> uh, well, it, when we get tissue samples and soil tests, sometimes one question is a stack of sheets of paper here. And I'm like, oh, well, let's get the big one done first. Uh, so this one comes in from our friend PD out in Idaho. Uh, so we've got a lot of stuff going on here, and we've got uh, soil tests and tissue tests for each side of the field as well. Uh, and it's it's a pretty lengthy explanation of what's happening there, Brian. But just talking about soil tests and tissue tests, what are some of the things that, that jump out at you? First of all, I like the fact that instead of just, hey, here's a plant tissue test, tell me what's going on. We've also got soil tests too, because when you've got 
what's in the soil and then what's in the plant. You can kind of compare things and see, okay, why am I not getting some of those nutrients from the soil and the plant? And by the same token, it explains, hey, I don't have any in the soil. Well, no wonder I don't have any in the plant. I know how to fix that. Okay, so first of all, there we didn't get any specific questions, so I don't know exactly what you want me to comment on here with these soil tests, so I'll just throw out a couple of things. First of all, when we start seeing phosphorus levels on a soil test at 10 parts per million, that's not going to cut it. I don't care what crop you're raising because he's got a whole bunch of different crops here. You can't have 10 parts per million of phosphorus. It's just flat out not enough. So uh, that's the first thing. The second thing is potassium. And these are the two. Okay, so there are pre three primary nutrients. There's N, P, and K. And he has a question here on, well, I don't know about a question, but there was, there was some data on nitrogen and just the comment that it falls off fast. Um, well, if you look at potassium, you're going to see the same thing. Here's why. Early on in the season, if you're doing tissue analysis or even soil tests, you look at stuff and you go, oh, we're good. Everything's fine. Um, as as our dad used to say, uh, when when there were things that were basically telling, it would be, well, that's going to separate the men from the boys. And um, what's going to separate the good fields from the bad is when your corn gets to knee high and it takes off and it grows five feet in like two or three weeks, um, then you got to have a massive amount of food. Well, let's just talk about men and boys. Okay, so when you've got a teenager in the house, um, that teenager is going to eat like three adult men and they just eat and eat and eat. It's the same thing with your crop. And if you're going to have, let, okay, I, I'm not, uh, well, I'm not a senior citizen yet, but let's just put it this way. I'm, 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 I'm there according to certain restaurants because I'm going to be 55 real soon. And 55 is the senior menu. When you look at the senior menu, what is it a lot of times? It's a cut rate portion. All right. And that's basically what we're talking about here is you got a cut rate portion of your three primary nutrients, N, P, and K. And you can't have that when you've got a growing boy. you got a growing plant there. It's not enough. So you don't have enough N, P, or K. And, I mean, that's, that's the simplest explanation I can give you. You've got to have much, much higher levels if you want record crops. And... It, sure, if everything works out just perfect, you get the right amount of rain, and I, I mean, the weather's ideal, no hot temps, I mean, everything is just right, you're still going to be okay, and I'm not saying you can't make money at these kind of fertility levels, but you're not going to have the amazing crop that I think you're looking for, because we've gotten several emails from PD and just asking about how do I improve things, we got to get your NPNK levels higher, and then when you do... After that, you got to start taking a look at micronutrients because here's what happened on our own farm. We, we boosted N, P, and K levels, especially the P and the K, which was great. But the problem is we forgot about things like zinc and copper. And there is absolutely a correlation between your phosphorus to zinc ratio, your phosphorus to copper ratio, and high yields. So I can see it on the, our farm. I can show you thousands of data points where, boy, if you don't get that ratio approximately right, you're going to have problems. So your zinc levels are two, two and a half. Your copper levels are one and a half. And it's okay for now when you're at low levels of P and K. But 
when you raise those, then don't forget to raise your copper and zinc just a little bit. It's not going to cost you much money at all. Copper and zinc are cheap compared to everything else. And then when we start talking about nitrogen, it leaches. Everybody knows that. Okay, when it get when it gets in the nitrate form, it leaches. All right. Well, don't forget sulfate leaches and boron leaches. So those two nutrients, along with the nitrate, nitrogen, you've got to continue to to feed all the time. Because I can see right on here, your sulfur levels are low, your boron level levels are low. Uh, I mean, sulfur at ten parts per million, that's not enough. Boron levels at half a part per million, that's not enough. Not for uh, amazing yields. And I again, I don't care what crop we're talking about. It does not matter. We've got to have higher levels of the primary nutrients, and you got to have higher levels on those micronutrients and secondary nutrients as well. That That's the simplest way that I can say things. And also, your your soil pH is a little on the high side. So you're 7, 8, 7, 9. Here's what we found on our farm. We had one field where literally we increased the K levels and we dropped our our soil pH by over half a point within the next couple of years. Seriously. I'm like, what? No, potassium can't drop pH. This is one of the big things Neil Kinsey's always talked about because we've had him on the show several times, one of the leading soil fertility experts in the whole world. And he's just told us, guys, you focus on pH first. But he said, actually, if you just fix all your nutrients, the pH is probably going to neutralize over time. And that's exactly what we found. So you start getting all these other things in balance, get all your other nutrient levels high, and make sure you have good drainage because your sodium levels are starting to creep up, your salt levels are starting to creep up. Have good drainage, and that'll fix those problems. Your pH is going to go down in time, and your yields are going to be much higher over time. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. In his last will and testament, Robert has bequeathed to his only heir and devoted caretaker one-third of his house, a third of his truck, and a third of his beloved dog, Mr. Bo here. Uh, excuse me, I'm a little confused. Don't settle for a fraction of what you deserve, especially at harvest. Yield your best with Veltima fungicide's proven plant health benefits and revolutionary application flexibility. One-third of a dog. Right. Get everything you deserve with Veltima fungicide. From BASF, always read and follow label directions. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutricia and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. You won't want to miss this year's Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we open up our farm to you so you can learn more ways to improve your farm. And the Ag PhD Field Day just keeps getting bigger and better. This year, we're featuring guided tours of our extensive research plots, world premieres of the latest ag technologies, numerous panels of the highest yielding farmers on the planet, and more equipment running in our demo area than we've ever had before. We'll also have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and food and drinks available all throughout the day. But the best part is everything is free. We know that you're busy and your time is valuable. That's why we do everything we can to make sure the Ag PhD Field Day is a very worthwhile investment of your time. So please, go to agphd.com to learn more, and be sure to register to join us at this year's Ag PhD Field Day, Thursday, July 27th. 
When we told growers that New Bear Premium Trivolt Herbicide for corn delivers visibly clean fields for up to eight weeks, they were a bit skeptical. Um, we'll see how it works. So we decided to prove it. We set up cameras in multiple cornfields, treated them with Trivolt, and filmed for 24 hours a day. For eight weeks, we saw a variety of weather conditions, and Trivolt worked. See for yourself at trivoltinaction.com. Trivolt is a restricted-use pesticide. Consult your state pesticide regulator for specific restrictions. Read and follow pesticide label directions. This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow legal instructions. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here along with my brother Darren. We're live in the Morton studio. Today on the show we were talking a little about the Ag PhD Field Day coming up this Thursday. We'd love to have you join us. Just go to agphd.com to learn more about that. Right before the break, we were talking through Petey from Idaho, some of his soil tests, and I, I believe I failed to mention on potassium where exactly we were talking levels to be at. Sometimes it's very misleading because you'll talk to a lab and they'll say, well, 250 parts per million of potassium, that's high and you're good. Nope, you're not. That's what I'm trying to tell you. When you have heavy soil, we have a lot of heavy soil too, then you have to make sure that your nutrients are in balance. You don't just look at a parts per million that could be fine for somebody with sandy ground or medium textured soil. When you've got heavy ground, it's a whole different ball game. You have to look at the base saturation test. If you don't do that, you will suffer the yield penalty. And here again, I got thousands of data points to prove that to anybody out there. Potassium has to be done in the base saturation test in addition to looking at parts per million. So where I'm going with this is his base saturation K levels were only a little over three. That is flat out not enough. I don't care what crop you're raising. Now, granted, if you're going for 100 bushel corn or 150, whatever, it's probably fine. You're, you're going to be okay. If you're planting 20,000 population and you're looking for low yields, you know, it's okay. But I, I'm just saying, I, I'm assuming here we're talking big time yields and we want great standability at high populations and we want better grain quality, and we want higher test weight. So if that's what you're going for, then you want 4% to 8% base saturation potassium. Super important. There just isn't enough in that field. And, you know, the other thing that, that ends up happening too, when you don't have your potassium in ratio, and I'll here, let me just explain this exactly. Here, here's the way it goes. And here again, I got all, all kinds of data. I can, I can prove this to you out in fields. But when your magnesium is, let's call it, in the right range, 12 to 20% on the base saturation test, and your potassium is not in the right range, you'll be getting more magnesium into that plant, but less potassium. Now, some people say, well, we got to get more magnesium in. Look, there, there's a direct ratio. The more magnesium you get in, the less potassium. The more potassium you get in, the less magnesium. That's just the way it works. So that's why you have to get things in balance. And it's not enough to say, oh, I have 250 parts per million of potassium. That, that's good. I don't know if that's good. you got to tell me, well, how are we doing on calcium and magnesium and sodium and hydrogen and, and those important other nutrients? If I don't know that, I don't know what to tell you. 
in terms of your potassium level. So super important stuff. And when you hear this, just if you've been listening to the show for a while, you, you, you've heard us talk about potassium a lot. If you haven't, I just say this may sound complicated. It's not. We try to keep this as simple as possible, and that's why they have the base saturation test. So you don't have to be uh, a, a sterling mathematician to run all these calculations of, oh, I don't, I don't know if I got enough K here in relation to my magnesium. Just look at the base saturation test. Just follow the ranges we're telling you, and you're good. It'll be fine. Don't forget, too, the drier it gets, the tougher it is to get some of these nutrients into the plant. So that's part of why we want to make sure we get the, the, the ratios right. We've, we're sure we've got enough parts per million in that soil. Because like here in the United States, throughout the Midwest, we've been dealing with inadequate rainfall. For some of us, like on our farm, this is over three years now. Over three years, we were half normal rainfall. Month after month after month after month. It's getting frustrating, but... Crops are still pretty good if you really balance your soils and you get the right amount of nutrients out there. You do the right things for that soil, and it can respond. All right. Let's get to the next question. He had one more question, too. He said, uh, my in-laws have got some pasture that that has had cows on it for many years. They want to start a garden on a small patch of that. How long do you have to keep cows off the ground to feel super confident you're going to prevent salmonella and E. coli? Well... I love when people add uh, one other kicker in there. It's not confident. It's super confident. Okay. That could have been, been me adding that. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. a, a lot of times people are going to say a few months, two to four months, something like that. But if you want to be super confident, well, then I, if it's me, then I'm probably doing massive tillage and I'm probably waiting a whole year. So... I don't think that's necessary, but if you want to be super confident, not just confident, then I'd wait a long time. So, you know, a lot of people, I would say, worry about manure and contamination and everything else. I really don't. I've been around manure my entire life. Darren and I used to scoop hog barns starting from when we were kids. And I'm just, I'm not that worried about it. But nevertheless, there's always some concern. So I get it. I understand how you're worried. Uh, so just, yeah, you got to give it some time and tillage usually helps. All right. Uh, quicker one here from Terry. He said you guys, uh, more than a year ago, we're talking about a herbicide that could be used on pasture grass that would not kill clover. Just curious, is that labeled now? And what was that called? Okay. I think it's a little bit misleading, but it's Proclova that we were talking about from Corteva. They came out with Duracore uh, probably, I'm going to say, three years ago, something like that. So what Duracore is, it's Milestone, and it's a 2,4-D replacement product. Uh, Rinscore, I think, is what they, they call it, kind of some internal branding. But anyway, that Rinscore is in this Proclava, from the way I understand, or Proclova. And by the way, the, the name, just think about the name. Here, let me explain. Proclova. So when you think clove I'm thinking clovers, and their whole point was they're going to throw a little bit of 2,4-D in there along with this Rinscore, which is a 2,4-D replacement product, and they're going to not kill white clover. Now, any amount of 2,4-D is going to ding the clover, okay? And I, I that Rinscore is probably going to ding the clover a little bit too. But when you start talking about clover species, they're pretty tough. In fact, some people will say, well... I used some 2,4-D that I bought at the hardware store, and that didn't kill my clover in the lawn. 
that just shows you that a watered down weak version of 2,4-D probably isn't enough to kill it. And so sometimes when you have difficult weed situations and there are no other options, because honestly in grass, if I'm trying to save the grass and the clover yet kill broadleaves, the only choice we've ever had has been buckteral. And that's still great. Okay, so I, I'm fine with buckteral. But other than that, what else do you do? Because buckteral's not great on water hemp, pigweed species, and, you know, a bunch of other weeds. So that's where they're coming with this Proclova, and hopefully that will do the trick without dinging up the clover too much. But as far as I know, that is not labeled yet. Still working on labels. Oh, this is one of the things, too. I was, we were talking about ag myths a minute ago and herbicide labeling and stuff. Look, this has been in in the EPA's hands for, I believe, years now, and it's because of all the testing that's required. I mean, there are a lot of these pesticides. It's 10, 12, sometimes 15 years of testing before it ever gets labeled. So anyway, they, they spend a lot of time and money making sure that everything is good before it goes on the market. So that's the good news. I just think it's unfortunate that a lot of people don't believe all that money and data and testing and everything else, especially when the government is watching over it. But oh, it is what it is. All right. Thanks for the question. This one comes in from Ben, and he's got a series of questions here, Brian. Number one, uh, he wants to kill clover and black medic. He also wants to kill- In pastures. Wants to, also wants to kill some crabgrass. Crab oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's one at a time. Well, I'm Cl just going to throw these out, well, and then no, you can hammer them up. No, I, no. It's one at a time, and then I'll answer it as we go. All right. So clover and black medic, uh, 2,4-D, distinct, dicamba, something like that. I mean, personally, I like distinct best. Go ahead. All right. How about crabgrass? And is there a herbicide Depen to kill Bermuda grass without killing other established grass? Okay. Well, you're now you're getting into two questions, and so i got to handle it separately. Okay, so let's review killing Bermuda, it all depends on what grass you have. So for example, you can kill Bermuda in fescue with fusillate. Uh, there's a turf version of it. I think it's called Ornamec. But anyway, it's fusillate that we would use out in soybeans. So it all depends on what grass you are trying to save while you are trying to kill this Bermuda grass. There aren't lots of choices, but I, I mean, fusillate or, or the, the like would be one. Um, how do you kill? Let's see. What was the other? What was the other question? Well, um, Bermuda grass without killing other established grass. Yeah, that's what I just talked about. What was the other question you had? Crab, crab grass. Oh, how do you, how do we kill crab grass? Um, here again, depends on what ki kind of grass you've got. But we like quinclorac. That's pretty good. Uh, or drive, and actually, mesotrione isn't terrible. I kind of like that. Okay, then last thing, how about getting grass to grow? Some areas are turning desert brown in the summer. Yeah, you got to have good fertility, but then there are certain grass species that are better. The cool season grasses that are the most drought tolerant, they say, are like tall fescue and orchard grass. And he's from Michigan, so that's why I'm thinking maybe he wants cool season grasses. Otherwise, warm season grasses survive heat much better. Thanks for the questions. And thanks to you for listening today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.